This is the Territory Story Podcast with Leon Logan-Nathan and Peter Gowers. Thanks to Ward Keller, the Territory Law Firm. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Territory Story Podcast. You see, I nearly forgot what we were called because it's been a while since we've recorded one of these. But um, nonetheless, here's my co-host from Melbourne or Seymour. He looks pretty dry, so I'm thinking that the rain has uh, eased up there. How are you, Peter Gowers? I'm good, mate. How are you? Good, good, good. So uh, what's the story down there? As recently as two days ago, I was literally saying this is an absolute S show and I have no understanding why anybody on planet Earth would come here, live here or spend any time here. And then, uh, I mean... When we recorded the last weekend episode, it was nine degrees, but just magically out of nowhere, the weather has turned a corner. We've had a couple of days of uh, over 20 degrees during the day, which I know is nothing with what you're dealing with right now, but um, the ground is still very wet underfoot, but I think in the next few weeks, we'll start to see a, a um, really positive signs with water receding and things starting to bugger off finally, which the, the, the playground that I take my daughter to is still underwater. Like the, the swing is still top of the swing is still a foot from where the water is. So the swings would be still six, seven, eight feet underwater. So, so um, when was the last time that happened? Um, the last time I think was in the 1990s okay. and there was a big flood of 1974, I think it was, that still gets talked about by all the locals. Um, but in, in a way, and I guess all these things turn out this way, it was a bit of a perfect storm. Um, it's the first time I'm in a, gen- yeah, it's the per- <laughs> first time in a generation that the dams have been at a hundred percent capacity. So with the rain that we've had, and we're not far from Lake Eildon, um, they've been releasing water. They've had to. So the flooding that we had was caused by excess water being released into the system and massive amounts of rain falling. Okay, so can I ask you this at the risk of going into a massive segue? <laughs> yeah. I, I once listened to um, – um, I mean, I'm, I, I quite like listening to the quarterly essay, um, which you can get on Audible. Uh, free plug audible. Um, and there was a there was a quarterly essay oh, probably gone probably a couple of years ago, maybe more, probably more. Mm. Uh, and it was about the um, I think it's the is it the Murray River? Or, yeah, yeah, right. Okay. Yep. Uh, and all the hoo ha associated with you know water rights and people yep. taking water that they shouldn't and all that sort of stuff. Is that, is that the one that tips out in, into South Australia somewhere? Correct. Yeah, it runs yeah. through New South Wales, Victoria and South Australia. Yeah, yeah. So I think the, the title of that essay was Crimea River. Um, but anyway, okay. uh, really interesting, really, yeah. really interesting. And and uh, I'm just wondering now with all this rain, mm. is that going to like fix all that those problems up magically or not? Well, yes and no. I mean, um, remember that a lot of these regions have come off major droughts as well. Mm. So the the Murray River, um, and I'm I'm no expert on this, so you know, I'm just sort of picking up the things that I've gathered along the way. But the Murray River is, as you say, 
I guess it's it's really important to a lot of ecosystems and farming, et cetera, that run through three states. Mm. Now, I guess the South Australians would say they get the worst end of that because mm. that's at, at the end of the yeah. river. Mm. Yeah, and then you've got, you know, major cotton farmers throughout New South Wales and mm. dairy farms and, and grain farms throughout Victoria as well. So by the time it gets there, it, it does cause a lot of problems. Mm. In some ways, all bets are off at the moment because there's so much water. Yeah. But we were talking probably 10 years ago or less than 10 years ago that the the expert in this area said that Australia will have to live in permanent drought from now on. So they're calling for his head, of course, because all the dams are full. But <laughs> at the same time, the dams were empty when he said that. So, yeah. you know, there, there's many reasons why this is happening. La Nina is the... Um, atmospheric condition that we're dealing with this year, and and that brings excess water with it, and and uh, a lot of cool temperatures. So you know, next year we'll be talking about climate change for some other reason. Mm. Well, uh, I said it was going to be a giant segue. Luckily, it wasn't too bad. Um, we do actually have a guest, Pete, believe it or Look not. Look at us, hey? <laughs> <laughs> it's been a bit of a drought, but uh, yeah, it has here been, we are. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I'd like to introduce you to someone who I, I probably, I mean, well, I did. I did meet very recently um, at a very interesting function, which hopefully we'll get to talk about as well. Um, and her name is Nikki Foster. So, Nikki, welcome to the podcast. Hi, guys. Great to be here. Welcome, Nikki. Thank you. Um, you are a little unique, Nikki, because we don't often get people like you on the podcast. Uh, most of the people that we talk to have come to the Territory from somewhere else. But in your case, that's not the case. No, born in Darwin Hospital and raised here. So local proud territory, local proud Darwinian, really. <laughs> so do you get really annoyed when people talk about how crap the Darwin drivers are? Yeah, I do, especially because I was recently, um, today I was in Melbourne and I was scared on the roads there. So oh, yeah. <laughs> no shade to Melbourne, but the driving was just. Oh, I can <laughs> totally concur. I was driving in Melbourne last weekend and. I'm originally from there, mm. and I said to my wife, I said, I have no desire to come back here at all. It, it is like, it reminds me a bit of when I used to drive in Dubai. It's like a bloody racetrack out there, and people, <laughs> it's chaos. It's a bit, it was just, there was a couple of dicey moments, and I feel like, I don't know, I feel like drivers in Darwin are a bit, are a bit more chill in general, so everybody yeah. lets everyone through. And um, But, yeah, it's, I guess, Tonight I just wanted to talk about leaving Darwin and coming back and how much I've enjoyed the changes that have occurred since I've left and, yeah. Well, well you need to give some context. And so yeah, I, apologize, I do. <laughs> I apologise, uh, you know, for dating you here, but you, you, I, I'm guessing 1990 or thereabouts? Well, thank you. Um, I was born in 88, so I'm 34. Right, 88, right, okay. <laughs> I was just looking at your LinkedIn profile and I was trying to work backwards, so <laughs> I was off by two years. We'll have to find out what happened in those two years. <laughs> we don't um, speak about the two years. <laughs> yeah. So 1988, but you said before we started recording that your grandparents are quite famous here. So yes, so my, my grandmother, her name is Shirley Downing, um, and she is a well-known artist up here in the Northern Territory. And she actually has a portrait of a RAF squadron leader, which hangs in the foyer of the State Library in Parliament House up here. 
Wow. Which is pretty cool. Yeah. And that's um, on your mother's side or your father's side? That's on my mother's mother, side, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And mm. my grandfather, um, Reverend Jim Downing, he was a minister of the John Flynn Church in Alice Springs um, and he was also a qualified social worker. Um, and out of, out of his work grew the Institute for Aboriginal Development, which I believe is still running and has been running for about 50 years. Um, and he was the founding director there and mentored to a blind man called Yummy Lester who took it over. Um, and, yeah, Grandpa was awarded the AM for his work with Aboriginal people. So it's pretty, and, pretty huge. And that was in Alice Springs? That was in Alice Springs, yeah. Right. yeah. And so they moved so, up to Darwin at some stage? Yeah, well, both my parents um, grew up in Alice Springs, so um, I guess you could say yeah, second generation Territorian. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, like mo moved up here and my um, – my mum was a obviously being a reverend's daughter. She was a good church girl, and my dad, <laughs> my dad wasn't. Well, there's no guarantees about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, he he fell in love with her and um, and started going to church and wooed her, and and then they had me, and um, and yeah, I, I guess growing up in Darwin, I think I took it for granted and how great it is, um, and. I turned, I finished high school and I thought I wasn't ready for uni, but I didn't want to stay in Darwin because, and, and again, no shade on Darwin, but this is how I felt at the time. Um, I thought if I stay in Darwin, I'll end up pregnant or an alcoholic or both. So I was like, get me out of here. Because <laughs> that was what was happening in that period, I guess, for a lot of my schoolmates. Um, and I've always been good with kids. So I moved to Scotland of all places. Um, and this was uh, in 2008. So yeah. Oh, you're really, you're re reading the link tonight. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it's there for. <laughs> we, we need a minute by minute <laughs> timeline. And, and so, Nikki. I, sorry, Nikki, you, you're an only child? No, I've got a younger sister called Stephanie. Okay. And so what's yeah. the age difference between the both of you? She's four years younger than me. Okay, She's right. actually... Um, so my mother is a social worker and my sister is following in my mum's footsteps and is studying social work um, and she's an amazing mum as well. They live in Toowoomba. So, yeah, really proud of her. Okay, so she moved away. Yeah, so she she moved away but um, but she pretty much stayed in Darwin for most of her life. She only moved away, I think, two years ago. Right, right. Yeah. And, and on your um, dad's side, you said he, he wasn't a church goer but he had to obviously go to church to uh, – to, to meet my mum, yeah, right, yeah. right. So, so what, my, what was his background? So, my my family dynamics are very interesting. My um, my dad's father, my grandpa, was a truck driver, and right. they were very much into the bush and caravanning and horses and bush life. Whereas my mum's family sung choir at the church and were artists, <laughs> and you know, very cultural. And, and <laughs> I guess I. I guess you could say I'm a bit of both. <laughs> 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 nice, nice mix. Um, but yeah, my um, my my nana um, and she she was um, she raised my dad and his siblings pretty much on her own. Um, and she drove around Australia in a caravan, and she worked in kitchens. And um, she was a very strong woman. She's actually very creative as well. Both my grandmothers are. And she has a, um, a quilt that's hanging in the local hospice up here. 
that she's created. So, yeah, it's it's nice to know that both my grandmothers have sort of left artistic legacies, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Right. And so, um, so, so you grew up here in Darwin. You went to Darwin High, did you? No, no, I went to Sanderson High. Okay. What was um, that like? Oh, it was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> there were there were gang wars every lunchtime. Oh, um, oh we've heard about these. Have you? Oh, yeah, yeah, right. yeah, we have. But okay. I was shocked. From I was shocked to, Yeah, yeah, and I was shocked to learn who the gang wars were, who was involved in these gang wars. Listen, I've heard it's much better now, so so <laughs> that was just back then. <laughs> um, but I think. Uh, you know, it was back in the 90s when everyone was wearing Gangster and FUBU and Wu-Tang and we were all listening to rap and doing gang signs. And right, right. <laughs> Poor old Wu-Tang clan got pulled into it, didn't they? <laughs> you had to assimilate, otherwise you would be destroyed, basically. <laughs> Which clan did you join, Nikki? Oh, look, I, I, I guess you would call me a bit of a floater because I just, I just didn't want to get bashed. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good way to be, swing voter. <laughs> That's so, it. So it was, it was pretty dangerous, was it? Oh, it was just, yeah. It, I guess it was a it was a rougher high school, um, but you know, I met some some really interesting people, and the teachers there were amazing. Um, but but yeah, some some interesting moments. And I we actually we had property out in Virginia, out bush. So mm. um, to get to high school every morning, I'd have to catch yeah. three three buses. Oh my! Wow. <laughs> So I'd wake up when it was dark and then catch a bus to Palmerston bus depot, catch one to Casherina bus depot, then one to Sanderson. Um, and then, yeah, I'd, I'd fall asleep on the way home. I was so tired. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like Min Min wasn't an option back then? I think my parents thought that Sanderson would be better than Min Min. Wow. Um, <laughs> there's a that's lot a, of buts. That's a real <laughs> <laughs> Again, I don't want to be throwing shade at school. I'm sure they wow. now. <laughs> Nikki's talking smack about all the high schools in those days. <laughs> right. So, uh, so not even uh, so Palmer was out of the question as well. Then, clearly. oh yeah, that was out of the question. Yeah. <laughs> <Wasn't> <laughs> tough Bronx. <laughs> <laughs> but but silver lining, I was only at Sanderson for a, I think. Mm, a year or two, and then I went to Casherina Senior College, which was an amazing school. Mm. Really That's good. a silver lining. That's mm. the silver lining. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. And, and so um, what did you excel at at school? Probably art. Mm. Um, always been artistic, I guess, like my my grandparents. Mm -hmm. um, art and English. I, I kill it at pub trivia when it comes to... <laughs> <laughs> pop culture, art, and English. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I I loved I loved CSC and yeah, and then I finished and I just wasn't ready for uni and I thought get me out of Darwin and as I said, moved to Scotland at yeah, eighteen. Uh, Those dates right, are probably hang on. Yeah. Is, that, is that right though? Because uh, according to your your LinkedIn oh, profile, no. you left on uh, in February two thousand and eight. Oh, no. <laughs> Sometimes there's convenient gaps. Left in these well, listen, listen. I'm, I'm not great with dates. I, I, I forget everyone's birthdays. If, if Facebook didn't tell me, I wouldn't know. Um, I'm really, really bad with dates. But basically, I finished high school. I came home and I said to my mum, "I'm getting out of Darwin." And I've, I've always been very headstrong. And she said, "How do you plan on doing that?" And I said, "I'll find a way." And I've always been really good with kids. Um, so I found a an au pair website, hmm. nannying, and I found a family. And my mum was terrified. She's like. 
is this uh, is she going to be kidnapped and, like, and you've never been overseas i've never been overseas no um wow. you know growing up in darwin as well we didn't have much money so often family holidays and you know it was mm. it was hard to get anywhere because we're so isolated in darwin that often family holidays were road trips to alice springs um or catherine and um mm. i remember dad used to um we had an old green what was it commodore mm. and dad used to put a mattress in the back so we'd drive somewhere and then we'd camp and then we'd have the mattress in the back and look up at the stars at night so it was magical. Yeah, we didn't we didn't have cool. much, but it was magical. Yeah, and I remember Dad used to have these glass jars, and he would capture um, glowworms. Oh wow! We went, yeah, yeah, yeah. So no, it was a really really good upbringing. Nice. Yeah. And so, how did you get from Darwin to Scotland? Which part Scotland. of Scotland, by the way? Uh, Kelso in the border town. So it's between England and Scotland. It's not. It's not a large town. I think there's about. You probably have to Google it, but I think it, there's about 10,000 people. How do you spell it? Okay. Kelso. Look, he's going to prove me wrong now because I'm terrible yeah, at numbers. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry. There's been a census since you were there anyway. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, and, and so, I mean, I've never even heard of this town, uh, so I can't imagine your, your parents would have either. No, uh, sorry. I just Googled it, and the population as of 2011 was 5,639 people. Gosh, oh, that's not so too it's bad. A, it's a small, small town. it's a small town, yeah. But, and you're never going to have heard of every town, Leon. It's like saying to someone from overseas who hasn't been to Australia, or have you heard of Albury? Like, yeah, no, like, mate, I know. But the thing is, right, Nikki yeah. has never left the country, and yeah. she all of a sudden one day says to her mum, "Right, I'm, I'm off mean, to imagine, Kelso." Imagine Lucy saying something like that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> And, and it well. gets worse because because back then we obviously didn't have Wi-Fi or or um, instant instant messenger and things like that. Yeah. So I mean, I sound really old saying this, but yeah, we didn't have Wi-Fi. Did you have ICQ? Did I have what? Sorry, I remember ICQ. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what that is, Peter. Yeah, sorry, it's okay. No, don't um, wait. Neither do I. <laughs> <laughs> I had a stopover. Um, I had a stopover. I think it was in Singapore, and and mum mum was freaking out because she hadn't heard from me and she couldn't contact me and she didn't know if, where I was or whether I'd gotten on the plane to Scotland from Singapore or what was happening. Mm. So she said for that flight period, her knuckles were white and she was quite nervous. Mm -hmm. Oh wow! Um, what did your dad but, say? Oh, my dad. So my mum is very level-headed and very be careful, be careful. And my dad's like, go for it. Go for all these adventures. <laughs> and so, again, very different. Right. Um, and so, so I just want to break this down a little bit. So <clears throat> you, you applied for this job. On what basis did you get it given that you didn't have any experience? So I um, well, I've, I've done a lot of babysitting work. Okay. And right. um, growing up in church, I used to work for the nursery, so like looking after the kids mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, and I'm, I'm, even today I'm a bit of a like, I guess a child whisperer. Babies and kids always come up to me and oh, talk love to it. me or wave at me. Yeah, you so still looking cool for work, way. Nikki? Or <laughs> I'm pretty busy, Peter. <laughs> I've got a three-year-old that no one can figure out. <laughs> <laughs> well, you remember the show Super Nanny? Did you guys ever watch that no. show? So it was it was a British woman, and she would. Go oh, to I do home. actually. Yes, yeah. I do. Yeah, yeah. So and the, I think the she dark-haired lady. 
That's right. I think she's got a psychology background or something, but she's yeah. very good at kids and I could probably do something like that maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I love it. And so um, so Kelso. Yes. And uh, and, and I'm thinking, okay, so, so you got the job, then they paid for your airfare to go over, right? No, I, no. I was working at Kulalinga Woolies was my first job and I mm -hmm. saved up all my money and I got over there. Oh, my and goodness. As you soon as I – I did, yeah. It wasn't which airline? Oh, good question. I can't remember. Okay. I'm think really surprised a... to hear that. I know your, with an your aviation career trajectory. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, I'll have to. I can't remember, but I remember that the crew. You stopped amazing. in Singapore, so it's it's, it's yeah, it could it's, have been Singapore. Mm. Yeah. Star. No, it wasn't just a. I remember the crew were amazing, which is probably what, which we'll get into later, is probably what inspired that me to. Definitely wasn't Qantas then. We know that much. <laughs> <laughs> Look, right. we'll just say it now. Virgin is the best. <laughs> <laughs> right. So so, I, right. So, so you got to say, Singapore. Yeah, yeah. Got to Scotland. No, so, sorry. You got to Singapore. Then you would have had some sort of layover there, right? Well, it was. I think it was a. I think it was a six or seven hour layover. Right. But as I said, there was no Wi-Fi, and okay. right, it wasn't even. It wasn't even Singapore. See, my memory is shot. Oh, um, oh, oh, Brunei. No, it was a small, small. Mm, it was a really here. small airport um, in Asia, but like tiny. There wasn't much there. Um, Bali must be different. Yeah, Bali. No, it wasn't Bali. Maybe. Beijing. Pete, hopeless, mate. I'm um, just trying to so think of a small a, airport in Asia. It might have been Malaysian Airlines. It might have been Malaysian. Yeah, because we're be clutching at straws. I, I remember it might have been a lot was, of airlines. <laughs> <laughs> there was no, there was no food places there. Oh there was nothing goodness. there, and I was stuck there for six or seven hours, and I was so tired that I remember crawling up on the floor of the carpet mm. and falling asleep. And, you know, I'm 18, I'm on my own, I'm falling asleep on the floor mm. at an airport. Mm. And I remember waking up to a cleaner vacuuming around my head on the car. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that sounds like Singapore Airlines. Uh, yeah, Singapore Airlines. <laughs> not without the food places. No, but, but they yeah, have good food. Yeah, yeah. I, can't, I can't even think of a single place. I mean, the only airport that I can think of that may have been a bit of a dump back then, uh, so what we're saying, 2006, give or take, might have been, uh, you know, Denpasar because they, you know, they right. re-upgrade. Yeah. It, it couldn't have, mm, it wouldn't have gone through China, would they? No. And you'd Did you fly down to Brisbane or Melbourne population? or something and then fly up? <laughs> no, no, it was definitely, it was definitely. There's a lot of Asians Island. in Melbourne. You might have mistaken that. No. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, we would digress. It, right, yeah, because. Well, journeys are very important to us, Nikki, or at least to me. True. Pete just looks at me like, you know, <laughs> anyway, which I don't really care about. Um, <laughs> so, okay, so then was it couldn't have been a direct flight to Scotland either. You would have had to have gone through like London or something. Yes, yes, that's right. So I stopped over in what, wherever this small airport was that I mm -hmm. slept on the ground and then… Mystery airport. Mystery mm. airport. <laughs> Who knows what it was? I believe it's the same one that MH370 has been using <laughs> recently. <laughs> um, and then I think I went to London and then from there to 
Kelso. No, you wouldn't have. It London, Kelso. No, you would have flown into like Edinburgh. <laughs> it sounds like I'm making this, this all up, doesn't this it? This testimony <laughs> is unraveling in a rapid rate of knots. Yeah, yeah. So you, I reckon you would have probably flown into Edinburgh or something like that and they would have come and picked you up, possibly. They, they did, yes, because the drive was long, I remember. Yeah, the mm-hmm. dad picked me up. But I remember when I first got into Scotland, everyone was like, you're right, you're right. And I was like, I'm fine. Do I look sick? Because obviously you're right is mm. hello, how are you going? Um, and for, for a while mm-hmm. there I was I was like, is there something wrong with me? Like why does everyone think I'm not okay? <laughs> oh, right. Because I, I, the way yeah, I yeah. So in right, some, areas, some areas of Scotland, uh, they'd ask you, they'd say, who's your do's <laughs> or, or fit like? Fit like. Did you get that? Fit like, isn't that like good looking? No, uh, fit like is like how are you, uh, how are you going, you know? Foozy doos is like how how are your pigeons, you know? They'd <laughs> <laughs> say um, Deniken ne bother, which was was like a response oh, to how you're doing. Like goodness, Deniken ne bother. Like I'm I'm fine basically. <laughs> and that's oh. a was, like a Scottish Celtic thing, or is that their version of English mixed up? <laughs> I'm not sure. It was just how everyone everyone spoke, but wow. I got to go. To I got to go to a proper Kaylee as well, like the the dance where you all get dressed up and go around the circle, and that was fun. Wow! Right. Mm-hmm. And so you looked after these two young boys. Three. Oh, three was it? Yeah. So it was it was two, and the and the mum was pregnant with the third, and then looked after the third. But okay, you need to update your. I need to update profile. my LinkedIn about. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good of looking after three at yeah. once, not just two. Well, you know, and they had a they had a yacht in Mallorca, and we went to Mallorca. And I remember that the wow. grandma, she was such a character. She would wear all pink, and she'd be dripping in diamonds, and she'd be chain smoking. Oh and she'd be like, "Nikki, darling, have another gin and tonic." And I was like, "I can't even have one gin and tonic. I'm <laughs> trying to stop your kid, your grandkids, from jumping off the boat." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. So this yeah. would have been one heck of an experience for an 18 year old, right? It was, it was, especially, as I said, never being overseas and I guess coming from quite a sheltered upbringing as well, just living with a brand-new family essentially. Yeah. Um, yeah. What did they do to have all this wealth? So the the father, he, he came from a, um, a long line of builders who pretty much owned the town. Right. So they were, they were a building family that owned most of the town. Um yeah, but yeah, it was interesting. And, wow. and 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 with all that money, they still couldn't pay for your airfare over there. <laughs> oh, L- Leon, rich people are very stingy with money. That's how they get rich, mate. <laughs> That's how they get rich. <laughs> right, right. And and, and they were the- rich and Scottish, so that would have been a double. <laughs> <way>. <laughs> I remember we'd go to the um the local supermarket, Little. Do either of you know Little? No. It's sort of no. like Aldi. So okay. I think it's a European chain, um, and if the yogurt scanned up as twenty p instead of ten p, like the like the tag said, the mum would not be happy. So that just oh, wow. <laughs> count your pennies and your dollars will follow, apparently. Right, and so but it was good fun. You, you didn't. Oh, it was it was it was great fun. It was it was a really good experience. Um, mm. I I did it for I did it for almost half a year, a bit better over half a year. Um, and and then I moved to Edinburgh to the big the big smoke. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and I I loved I loved Edinburgh so much and I'm actually hoping to get back there next year because I haven't been back since I've grown up um, and I still got a lot of friends there but just the people are so friendly and the history and all the buildings um, the cobblestone streets you know you've got the Edinburgh festival it's it's just such a great place um, so yeah have either of you been to Scotland no, I haven't Edinburgh? embarrassingly have no, you you've got to go I haven't, but Fiona's father was born there and it's on a bit of a wish list that we plan on doing in the next few years. So, okay. Yeah. But I, I'm also, um, this will mean nothing to either of you, but I've been uh, recently watching a um, show about football in England and a, specifically a Welsh team that plays in, a, in the National Football League. Uh, the mm -hmm. show is called Welcome to Wrexham. And uh, I'm just really fascinated by these little towns in the middle of nowhere, Scotland and nowhere, Wales and England and how they survive and, you know, what, what makes them tick. Hmm. I, think it, 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 I think it's nice in a way because it's a real sense of community. Like you'll go to the shops and everyone knows everyone and, and it's very much similar to Darwin, I guess. You always see people you know, um, but even more tight-knit. Hmm. And were there any Australians there? No, I was, it was quite a novelty, I think, because a lot of people had never met an Australian person. <laughs> um, I bet. Yeah, and they, they'd call me the Aussie chick and, and they'd <laughs> say, you know, say something in Aussie. And I'm like, it's just like what you say. <laughs> <It's Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing, mate? Put another shrimp on the barbie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but there, there, there would be no shrimps on the barbie over there. I would have thought the weather would have been atrocious, was it? Or? No, there'd probably be um, Angus beef or yeah. Haggis. <laughs> Haggis. Oh, God. Haggis oh, on the barbie. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, so what was the weather like? Because I hear horrible stories about Scottish weather. Uh, it was very rainy and very wet, but then mm. – when the sun came out, I guess it was very similar to Melbourne, like you'd get a lot of seasons in one day. Mm. Um, but then when the sun comes out, it's spectacular, beautiful and very green, the rolling hills and, yeah, and, and you'd have fireplaces in the house. It was just, it was really cosy. And it's funny, growing up in Darwin, I actually have such an appreciation for cold climates. Mm. Like my favourite place on earth wow. is Canada and, um, and New Zealand. I love cold, cosy wow. places in comparison, yeah. And how funny that you say there's um, fireplaces in the house because, you know, down this pretty much <laughs> Brisbane South, it's just stock standard, yeah. yeah. But I guess for me it was You'd such never a have seen one. I was like, no. wow, a fireplace in the house? This yeah, is that's wild. a recipe for burning can... a house down in Darwin, isn't it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Especially during the dry. <laughs> oh, no, you know, some yeah. clown would think, all right, well, this is, you know, crack and night. Fireworks, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cracker night. I still, I'm, yeah, I'm not into cracker night myself, but that's mm. just me. <laughs> Ditto. Um, right. So, okay. So, so then you went to Edinburgh. Mm -hmm. uh, was that because the job finished or you just had enough? <laughs> <laughs> those jobs, let me tell you, those jobs never finish if the okay. au pair wants to stay. I see. Right. So, yeah. Mary Poppins. <laughs> <laughs> took the yeah. and bolted. Mary Poppins <laughs> left the building, yes. Right. And, um, and well, Mary Poppins left the building and the story is quite interesting. I, um, I, the mother wasn't the nicest person. I'll be very diplomatic here. Well, you've heard this before. Have you? Yeah, very recently, okay. in fact, yes. Okay, yeah. Mm. 
and I was being underpaid and overworked. I was working from like 6 a.m. till 8 p.m. every day. Wow. And then if I'd get a weekend off, the mum would say, I let you have a weekend off so you'll work overtime. Like it was very, uh, I guess right. with those sorts of jobs, there's no um, parameters and there's no guidelines or yeah. rules. Um, so they can essentially use you like a slave. <laughs> and um, you're living in-house too, This, this right? website didn't like look yeah. after people like you? No, I think the website's job was to basically, it's kind of like a dating app, really. It's just, it's just connecting to set, set people. You up, yeah, yeah. To, to connect you with a nanny. It is a really, really interesting industry, which I've got some insight into. And, yeah, it, it is largely unregulated. And it's no different here in Australia, um, you know, with a lot of the European girls coming out and, um, you know, doing that sort of work. And, look, you know, if you get a good family, you you hear of people, you know, working a lot longer than they initially intended and keeping yeah. in touch with life at, for life. And, you mm -hmm. know, I know from Darwin we've we've still got nannies that work for us who live in Estonia and Germany and France and, you know, we'll put up a post of the kids to this day and they're all liking it and responding. Oh, but, good. You know, I, I hope we're a good family to work for, but... Then you hear these other stories and they'll tell you, oh, I worked for another family and they did this, that and the other and it's just shocking what you hear and there's little to no regulation. And, That's you know, it. They, they provide food, they provide a bed and a bit of money and it's, you know, it's stability of sorts. And then you've yeah. got Saudi Arabia and other places well, that you just hear, just nothing but horror yeah, stories. But, yeah. Well, yeah, but also, and you know, um, without getting – into political stuff, they're, they're generally hiring from um, Philippines. Yeah, and, I, and look, I can say this because I've lived there and they've said this to my face, you know, the Arabs will say we get our nannies from lesser nations. That's how they think of it. Wow. You know, so they'll, they'll go to Indonesia, they'll go to the mm -hmm. Philippines and they'll, yeah, I mean, again, there's good families as well mm -hmm. and everything, mm -hmm. but unfortunately there's way too many horror stories that you hear about these Poor people being, you know, used for, um, you know, slave labour per se, and yeah. uh, it's it's horrific, you know. It's yeah, and and I mean, I lived up in the attic as well, so it was, it was literally like a Cinderella story. Um, but I, I lived <laughs> up cold? in the attic. It, it was it was cold. Heat <laughs> mm. mm. um, rises though, so if they had the fire going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember um, Matt, one of the young boys, he woke up at three a.m. and he crawled up the stairs and he was like, Nikki, Nikki. And it's not like I could say, I'm not on the clock now, Matt, you know, like yeah, so yeah. I was up and I was at him and, um, but that was never counted towards, you know, hours yeah, or anything like that. Yeah. And yeah, the, she wasn't, she wasn't a lovely person, but, hmm. but so basically I wanted to get out, but I didn't know how, and I didn't want to um, ask my parents for money. And hmm. I wanted to prove that I could go overseas and be independent hmm. um, and do it on my own. Um, and so back then we had MySpace. It was a mm -hmm. thing. Oh, yes. We did, yeah. yeah. Wow, and Nikki. I <laughs> <laughs> so she started a band and uh, <laughs> and toured, toured the UK. No. <laughs> um, no, I, I, I don't know how. I, I became friends with someone on MySpace and we got chatting and, and I said, oh, I don't know what to do. Like I, I don't want to go home but I don't want to stay here and and. This guy was lovely. Like we just we formed a friendship, and he said, "Why don't you move to Edinburgh? And I've got a spare room, and you can crash there till you mm. get on your feet." Mm. Now, there wasn't FaceTime back then. Mm. I had seen one photo mm. of this person, 
There's oh. a lot of police stories that start out like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I live to tell the tale. So, nice. um, yeah, and and I, I essentially I pack, packed up my suitcase and, um, well, I said goodbye to the family, um, much to the mum's disgust, and, um, and I caught the train to Edinburgh and my friend Blair was there to pick me up. And he was who he said he was, and we're still friends to this day. And wow. yeah, so but I never told my mum this before I left. So <laughs> I guess I was maybe a bit too trusting of people back then. Um, and it, you know, it's a good news story. It turned out well. Um, but when I told my mum when I came back to Australia, she said, "Nikki, what? <laughs> what did you do?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. And and so, uh, what did you get a job in Edinburgh? Did you? I did. I worked at a juice bar called Juice Almighty, mm-hmm. like the movie Bruce Almighty. <laughs> and it was really cool. It was um, it was on Castle Street, which was down underneath Edinburgh Castle. So you had a beautiful view every morning of the gardens and the castle. Um, and I loved that job. We, yeah, it was it was just good fun. Like you'd meet so many people, and you'd just get to play music and make juices, and yeah. Did you meet any Aussies there? Sorry. Did you meet any Aussies there? Uh, in Edinburgh, there are a few, but still, I, still not that much. I think they all went to London. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Well, what was your favourite juice to make there, Nikki? Well, actually, so I, um, I, I started. Well, I didn't start. My boss, my boss was so impressed with me that he started the um, the Juice Almighty Hall of Fame. So, like, ah. basically, good employees getting their picture up on the wall and getting a little write up and. And he started that because of me, so I was very honoured. Cool. <laughs> and this is before you even went to uni and actually learned how to do all this stuff. Exactly. <laughs> this is just me being me. Natural talent. <laughs> right, but you That's weren't there it. for too long, though, before you decided to come back. Yeah, well, because I could only have a year working visa. Oh, yeah. So then yeah. I, I It's not a long-term back. career, Liam, working in the juice No, bar. no. <laughs> <laughs> Some people might love it. <laughs> That's true. Um, yeah, so I, I so came did, back did to, you want to come back? Did you were you ready to come back? I think I was ready to see my family. Like I, I'm mm. very close with my family and I miss mm. them all. Mm. Um, but as soon as I came back, probably within a month, I was like, right, where can I go yes, next? So I'm done with yes. Darwin again. <laughs> yes. Um, Interesting. Right. So I, and so what did you do next? So I moved to Sydney. Mm-hmm. I did not like Sydney coming mm-hmm. from Darwin. No one does. No. <laughs> Hey, I was there for six years. Yeah, Leon's a <laughs> bit of an odd man out in that regard. <laughs> Where did you live in Sydney, Leon? In Piermont. Oh, lovely. Mm. I lived in Coogee. Yeah, so well, that's a nice was, spot. It's a lovely spot, but the people are very different to Darwin yeah. mm. and Scotland. Oh, um, right. In yeah. what way? Oh, I think just people here are warm, probably because the temperature's warm. Touche. I love it. <laughs> You might want to just take a walk Love around it. the block and just <laughs> to see how, how warm people are. <laughs> They're pretty warm. They're pretty warm at this point. <laughs> um, right. And and yeah. so you had it you say so didn't like Sydney and so you came back. Didn't like Sydney, came back, um, thought where to next mm. and chose Brisbane. Absolutely loved Brisbane. Okay. Somehow, oh, you're going to look uh, at the LinkedIn again. <laughs> well, I'm just wondering about this Hanuman uh, restaurant. Oh, yeah. So when I was in Darwin in that period in between, I did work for Hanuman as well. I love mm. that place. I w- worked my way through the menu. 
Mm. <laughs> In fact, I was talking to Jimmy Shu today, actually. Okay. Yeah, yeah, because I wanted to go over there tomorrow. Do some research about you, Nikki? <laughs> no, did you know? Did you know? I'm not sure if it's still a thing, but back then when I worked there, um, every plate was different, and I'd heard that Jimmy had sourced them on his travels, right? And that every plate in Hanuman is different. I don't know if that's still the case, but back then it was like it was quite cool that he collected them on his travels. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, he's an amazing guy. And so you you ran the front front of counter front of shop. Yeah, like the maitre d sort of sort of role. Um, and probably, at the end of every shift, we got to have a we got to have a meal, which was good. And I've yeah. seen you there a few times because I yeah, that's that's one of my favourite restaurants, Darwin. It, it's it's I would fly back when I lived in Brisbane. I'd fly to Darwin just to have Hanuman. So there's, okay, what's your, what, there's what's a good your, pitch for Hanuman. What's your favourite? What's your favourite? Oh, the eggplant pachati, amazing. Yeah, that's good. Yes. Um, I I no longer eat meat, but back then I loved the mean mooli curry. The barramundi oh, yes, curry, yes. um, the butter chicken, beautiful. Mm. Highly recommend. <laughs> and I have yeah. actually flown to Darwin to have Hanuman once. I'm not. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> <laughs> what about oysters? I don't eat oysters. I don't oh, eat seafood. So you didn't? Oh, really? No seafood. No ever. <laughs> no. Why, why, I don't why? drink coffee either. Does that okay, blow that's your mind? Cool. I don't <laughs> drink coffee. What? Either. Don't worry. I don't. I don't. I don't either. But 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 it's seafood. That's yeah. Oh, shocking. Well, so why is it because you just don't like the taste or the smell or what? Oh, both, all of the above. Yeah, I, <laughs> I never, <laughs> I never grew up eating seafood. I think because my parents didn't really eat seafood, so I never ate it. And I'm not very adventurous when it comes to food. So, and I'm now I'm vegan, so I don't. Yeah. So what caused that? Veganism. Hmm. Um, I watched a documentary called What the Health, um, which shows that a lot of Inflammatory diseases are caused by um, animal products, and <laughs> I'm not preaching Uh-oh. to anyone. I'm just answering the question. <laughs> that's right. No, that's why I avoid those documentaries. You know, mm. I, mean, I tell you what. It was when Four Corners did their thing on on the live cattle trade, I couldn't eat meat for like three months. <laughs> <laughs> but I did come back eventually. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, we thank you for your four months service. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You've it's not on bit. my LinkedIn profile, though. No, <laughs> 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 it never happened later. <laughs> yeah, right. So, what the health, right? Okay. What the health, yeah. I think it's still on, still on Netflix, but I don't know. I, I started to think about, and this is a bit outlandish, but I started to think, before an animal was killed, they experience anxiety and yes. fear, and then do we ingest that? And it's yes. you know, do you, well, I don't know. But look, I'm no conspiracy theorist, but what the health? When I it, it, that Four Corners program, my God, was hmm. PTSD in a, yeah. in a you know, um, yeah, yeah. And I think so. that's the problem. A lot of people don't really think about where their food comes from before they eat it. And that's when I started. That documentary prompted me to start thinking more about those sorts of things. Okay. Um, and I was a terrible cook before I went vegan, and now I, I do all right because you have to use spices and you have to use lots of herbs to make things palatable. I guess. <laughs> yeah. So, so, yeah. so, what's the difference between vegan and vegetarian? Uh, so, no, no dairy, no eggs, no animal product, essentially. No eggs. Mm. Okay. Or as I like to call them, chicken period. 
Well, the, you know, this is one the, the chicken. What? Sorry, I didn't catch that. Chicken period. Chicken period. <laughs> right. Well, you know, if you want to get turn yourself off eggs, go to yeah. Vietnam and try the um, or in fact, even no, even even uh, Philippines. Philippines. Yeah, Philippines. The Balut. Yeah, my God. Yeah. That's yeah. That's a good way to get off eggs. Yeah. Have you had it yourself? I have in Vietnam, um, okay. and I forced myself to eat it because I thought, you know, I'm here, I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. it. It tasted like egg, uh, surprisingly, but it didn't yeah. look anything like egg, <laughs> which was the hard part. Do you actually see the beak and everything? Or? Uh, yeah, the whole thing. It was, yeah. Oh, gosh. Uh, yeah. I couldn't. <laughs> I know, I know. But I've done some weird stuff. We talked about it on the podcast. Right? It's just yeah. you know, when, you, when you travel, you know, you – you know, I mean, you're obviously not adventurous, but I, uh, I do like to sort of try and, you know, do what they do. But yeah, mm. sometimes it's uh, it's hard. So okay, so you're a vegan, and and for how long have you been a vegan for? Uh, five years. Five years, right? And mm. so you're pretty happy and obviously healthy <laughs> and everything. No issues. Yeah, no, I I love it. I, I will I will um be totally honest. Recently, I have been dabbling with cheese. <laughs> Ooh. Cheating with cheese. Cheating I with cheese. It. I love it. I love it. Uh, but you know what? I believe that you should never put yourself in a box. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um and I've I've never been the sort to I mean, despite what I just told you about chickens, I've never mm. been the sort to shove my views down someone's throat. So yeah. if yeah. if they want to eat meat, I happily sit down and have have vegan yeah, food while yeah. someone eats a steak. Yeah. yeah. And you could come up with a third option now too. So you could have vegans, vegetarians, and whatever yours is, which is vegan plus cheese. <laughs> <laughs> I could order a special meal on the flight and it could be yeah. vegan plus cheese. That's it. That's <laughs> it. So, uh, Pete, just a segue here. Um, yeah. I had Cruz over for dinner on, on the weekend. Yeah. Cruz never comes empty-handed. And if you're listening to this, Cruz, hi. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Cruz and Kami brought over tandoori chicken. Mm. Mate, that guy can really cook. You sure it was him? Oh, that actually, cooked? actually, it was probably Kami. Sorry, it was Kami for sure. Kami, Kami cooked. Cruz would have said, "Kami, I need you to make a really good oh, dish." Probably, but you know, make it best. everyone. You know, because like a lot of the time, the food, you know, f meat. Is, is great, but what makes a, a meal fantastic is the sauce. And he, they just nailed the tandoori sauce, you know. It had spice in it. It had mint. It had a, Was it hot? Uh, it had a little bit of a bite to it, but not too yeah. much. But uh, Kami's yeah. from a part of India mm -hmm. where they like it hot. Right. Ah. Even her mild, it's very to. hot. It's very well, yeah, hot. correct. Yeah, right, like right. yeah, it's just her mild is really hot. Okay. Says, Whenever I go around for dinner, she has to make a kids' meal for me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, so I, I, so I just want to close off on the restaurant hostess. Uh, according to you, but that may not be correct. Two years uh, with with Hanuman. Yeah, sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. And Jimmy must have been crying when you decided you wanted to leave. I think I think there was so much stuff and it was such a high turnover. He probably doesn't remember me. Oh right, okay. <laughs> and then uh, and then you, you went to Q. 
Yeah, I used to manage the Q store in Casharina. Okay, I know wow. That. Mm. Yeah, I, and I, I also opened up the, you know, Veronica Main that was there in Casharina for a while. Right. I opened up that store. Right. So you went from food to clothing. Yeah, I guess. I guess always. I mean, I also did a bit of retail in between there that I probably didn't put in because I mm. only put in the main parts on my LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I guess yeah, always customer service and always being around people and yeah. I, I right. once had a customer at Q um, who's a really well-known real estate agent in Darwin, um, and she said, Nikki, you could sell ice to Eskimos. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> wow. Yeah, and I'd, I'd often get there was a um, Q super sellers where you'd have to have a sale, I think it was over $1,000 in one sale, mm. and I would often get them, and, and we were, it was versus Queensland as well, so I'd often beat the big smoke girls mm-hmm. in the Q super sales, which was cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, that store's always seemed to have done well in in Cash Arena. I mean, mm, it's been around for a long time. Yeah, but look, uh, without wanting to sound politically incorrect, you got to be a certain shape to get into those Q. Cl- Not that I tried them on myself, but uh, <laughs> my, my 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 wife used to wear Q a lot. It, yeah. It's, it, it, do they take that into consideration, or they don't actually care? Oh, I'm not sure. I, I have never spoken to the designers themselves, um, but, but we had people of all shapes right. buying from Q when I worked there. Yeah, they are very up and down. The styles, you're right. A lot of them. Mm. You can you can tell a Q dress almost instantaneously. You know, mm. right? Off market for Darwin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. And then so from there you went to Country Road in Brisbane. Yes, yes. So I moved to Brisbane and I yeah. um, I started studying graphic design. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was actually Witchery, so um, the Country Road Group. Okay. And I worked for Witchery. Um, but, yeah, because I, I wanted to do something creative, so that's why I started studying um, graphic design, did a diploma in, in that. Mm-hmm. And, then, uh, and then you made the big leap mm. to Virgin Australia Cabin Crew. I did. Now, it was that was all inspired from your first trip to a car airport you don't even remember. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, the cabin crew on that journey were amazing, and so that's probably what inspired me. And they all right. looked so perfect and immaculate, and but you have no so recollection what airline. My <laughs> no. God, Nikki, I can't get over it. <laughs> I was eighteen. It was a long time ago. <laughs> right. And uh, and so why Virgin and not Qantas? Um, my best friend, he sorry, go Peter. <laughs> she was under thirty at the time. <laughs> Everyone knows you've got to be fifty plus to work for Qantas and have a oh, bad attitude. Okay, this we've just applied an R rating to this <laughs> to this podcast. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, I fly with them all the time. It's true. It's not me Mate, making it up. It's fact. Look. Let me just say, Qantas is streaks ahead. You want to, you know, go down that path, go to, to the US. Um, uh, well, yeah, I'm not comparing them with overseas airlines, but uh, anyway, that's not right. – that, we're not here to talk about my hatred of airlines. All right. So your, your best friend? Uh, or yeah, so is- he worked for Virgin and he said, mm-hmm. why don't you give it a go? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I applied and mm-hmm. – I got in and the training was full on. It was a couple of months. And I think a lot of people assume that flight attendants just serve drinks and food, but there's mm. so much more to it. 
Mm. Um, you know, we learn aviation medicine, we learn um, self-defense, we learn about survival skills. So, like, if the plane was to drop, like, how to survive. Um, wow. So there's, yeah, there's so much more to it. Um, and it was such a, it was such a full-on training period. I think it went for about three months. Um, but, yeah, amazing time and, and such a good adventure. And I did um, domestic for three years. And then a friend of mine said, Nikki, they're hiring for international, let's apply. And I wasn't that keen, but I did it with her, um, but I got in and she didn't. Oh, no. <laughs> that really sucks when that happens, doesn't it? We're still friends. We're still friends. Yeah. So, um, But we actually <laughs> had, to, we had to create a video to get into international, so it had to be something sort of out of the box. And I pretended to be a newsreader and I had the purple scarf on and, like I did a backdrop, like a TV newsroom, and I basically spoke about how the journey was and what the weather would be like, and yeah, and I, I got the role, so got to fly to LA every week, which was quite an experience. Wow! So it's mm. uh, Brisbane to LA, is it? Yeah, or or Melbourne or Sydney, mainly okay. Brisbane, but often right. we would be shuttled over to other cities as well. Right, and yeah. so, yeah. and you were studying at the same time. Yeah, so I was doing a, um, a bachelor in mass communications, majoring in advertising and media comms, mm -hmm. um, full time, while flying full time, and I was also doing an internship with a digital agency in Brisbane. So <laughs> it was a very busy time. Um, I would often land from LA and be jet lagged and sleep for two hours, and then physically go into uni to listen to lectures and to do classes. Um, it was it was full on. It was really full on. But I made the dean's list um, for uni, and I got really good grades. And so I think it was a it was nice to prove to myself that I did do it in that period because it was so full on. Yeah. Mm. And so, how, yeah, what was your turnaround time in LA? So we'd often um, we'd land in the morning, then we'd sleep all day, and then stay awake all night. And then sleep the next day, and then leave the next afternoon. Afternoon, so really, a day, a day or right. two. So, what did you do yeah. all night? I mean, LA doesn't sleep, so that's not too bad. Did you do anything interesting? Everyone thinks that cabin crew have this really yeah. exciting life, <laughs> but honestly, it's it's sitting in a hotel room and watching Netflix and ordering room service from the twenty four hour menu. That's yeah, <laughs> in fact, uh, yeah, we've we've all learned about that because now on YouTube, that's they show you those videos of. Yeah, yeah, Kevin Crew put up those videos. I've seen quite a few. Oh, really? Yeah. What, they yeah. filmed themselves having food um, in a hotel room? Uh, pretty much, <laughs> uh, pretty much, wow. uh, yeah. Have people watch that? Well, I don't know, but it, it's <laughs> sort of like con it's condensed versions or something like that, you know? So, I, I, okay. I, like, I don't I, you, you know what YouTube is like, so you, yeah. all of a sudden you'll just you get stuck at this thing. Yeah. And um, I think it was Singapore Airlines, like some Singapore Airlines girl was like her last day or something because I, I don't know if you're allowed to do that. <laughs> so obviously, well, wait. I think mm. this is the thing. We weren't allowed to have any photos in our uniform. So it was, yeah, right. I mean, today I see photos of girls in the uniform all the time and I think, mm. oh, we would have been in trouble Yeah. Um, because they sort of wanted to protect, I guess, the brand identity. Mm. Um, so we couldn't get um, photos and be very careful. We weren't allowed to go to bottlers in uniform um, after a shift or anything, just to keep that brand. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. know if I'm saying too much. 
<laughs> so, um, so you didn't think about maybe applying to Virgin Atlantic or anything like that? No, I think, um, I think that I did the applying for six years and, and then COVID happened. Mm. Actually, with COVID, right, we were in the air. Um, so COVID was just, I guess it, was, it had just begun and people were talking about it, but we all thought it would blow over. And I remember I was um, in the air working in um, an economy and all of a sudden the captain, everyone was asleep, but the captain put the lights on and he said, attention, everyone, we've just heard from the Australian government that it is now mandatory to um, quarantine. So this is when it first happened. Mm. And, wow. and we, hadn't, we hadn't had any wind of this before the captain said anything. So we mm. were literally in the cabin serving people with no masks, with mm you know, no protection for 15 hours, really, because it was coming into Melbourne. Um, and all of a sudden the captain said, everyone, like, coming in must quarantine. And so we landed and then we got these guys in big yellow hazmat suits yeah. come on board. It was crazy. They came yeah. on board and and they were like, you know, we had passengers up in arms saying, well, I've got to go back in two days. This doesn't work for me. And we were just like, well, it doesn't work for no, anyone. No, you don't. <laughs> this is life. And you couldn't um, go into a worse airport either at that time. It was it was just madness, like, and and yeah, and no nobody knew how big it would get and how much it would yeah. affect us all, um, because obviously from then um, international flying with Virgin stopped from COVID, and I we had the choice to either go to domestic or take redundancy, um, and at that point I think I'd been flying yeah I'd been flying for six years, and I thought you know what I'm ready to not fly but because of COVID it was really hard to get work in Brisbane and I mm. had my family back in Darwin and I thought this is almost a sign to return home like I, mm. I didn't want to go home I kept trying to escape home but it was almost like this is this is calling me back and I was only ever planning on coming back for a year in 2020 and now we're nearing the end of 2022 and I still love Darwin so that's the full circle journey with Darwin. <laughs> Something wow. changed. What, what, what do you think changed for you? I think, um, I think as you get older, you have a, a deep appreciation for your parents um, mm. and being near your loved ones and your family. And like I'm really close with my mum and she's up here, um, my grandma. So being close to them. Um, and I think, you know, Darwin has a thriving social scene now as well. Like has it's, it? Yeah, I think so. Like, I think. <laughs> You're a bit old for that, Leon. <laughs> <laughs> I'll invite you next time, Leon. <laughs> I think, um, you know, in the in the past it was kind of like just Mitchell Street and Discovery, but now there's so many cool little bars and really great restaurants and, um, and you know, the sunsets. You can't find a better sunset no. anywhere else. And I've done a lot of travel, mm. but the sunsets here are unmatchable. And my favourite thing to do during the dry is to cycle along the foreshore and watch the sunset. Like, that is the pinnacle for me. Mm. Um, East Point? Oh, I like I like the foreshore. Okay. Nightcliff. Yeah, mm. yeah Nightcliff. Mm. But, you know, so the do, markets, do you live in the city or do you live uh, out the suburbs? I live in Nightcliff. Okay, right. So that's why. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. No, so that's good. why she's biased towards the sunset there. Mm. <laughs> yeah. But the East Point is also very nice, Peter. <laughs> you know it's the same sun, right? <laughs> but the location is nice. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Yeah. But, right. um, and sorry. and so how did you end up in 
your current role though did you do something else before um yeah, so I worked. Um, I worked at Relationships Australia. They're a mm. not-for-profit in Darwin. Um, well, they're they're national. Um, and I worked as the marketing and promotions person for the Disability Royal Commission. Yes. Um, and we talked about this the other day, Nikki. Sorry, I've forgotten mm. the lady that that's currently there right now. Um, Taylor. Taylor Peters. Taylor Peters. Taylor Peters. Yeah. If you are listening to this podcast, we want to get you back on. <laughs> <laughs> we've got a we've got a yeah we wanted to talk to taylor about uh, uh, the um the royal commission actually which we weren't able to do the last time mm-hmm. so so you worked there and what did, what was your role so my role was to um bring awareness to the community about the royal commission into um the disability royal commission so that was anyone who lives with a disability and has experienced violence, abuse, neglect or exploitation. Mm. Um, so I, I would go out to communities and, and just meet people and, um, I guess, encourage them to share their story, um, do social media. I came up with a campaign which was called Safe to Share, which was um, encouraging people to share their story. Um, it, was really, it was really cool because I'd never worked for a not-for-profit before mm. and I think... Um, it's, it's really nice to know that you're doing something that's good for mm. the good. You know, I've, I've always worked in roles which were essentially making KPIs and making money, which mm. I also really enjoy, mm. but it was nice to work um, to actually help people. Um, and we did a radio ad, we did a TV ad, um, which I did some voiceover work for, which was cool. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was a great experience. And then um, it, was only a, it was a contracted role. And then this role came up at the airport, at Darwin International Airport for Airport Development Group um, as the business development manager. So I currently work there and I sell the advertising in the airports, which is really cool. And you're one of my clients, Leon. We we are, we are. And (laughs) can I just say loyal clients too? Yes, yes, we do. (laughs) One of our longest standing clients. We love you guys. Right, and so um, have you travelled much with the NT Airports group? No, my first um, my first journey will be actually this Thursday. I'm heading to Alice Springs, so okay, right. yeah, I'll get to go there. But take I, your I riot just... gear with you. Sorry, take your riot gear with you. But you did, you did, but but you do get to travel a bit, though, don't you? Um, aren't you still traveling a lot? Well, you just said you came back from Melbourne, yeah. Um, so as part of the redundancy package, I still get staff travel. <laughs> for so, life? <laughs> uh, no, for, for my length of service, so um, okay, 2026, which is nice. Um, which I guess I guess has made maybe that's what's made Darwin more enjoyable as well. Is <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah. yeah, because it, otherwise it can be quite difficult sometimes. Um, yeah, true. But I often go away for weekends and visit friends all over Australia. So, but I, I wanted to say um, I have I have a couple really nice feel good stories about working for Virgin. Um, I had a, a couple come on with a young baby. Uh, the baby would have been about one and. Really, really interestingly, they taught the baby how to sign language um, just because it was nonverbal, like just mm. because it was one, like they don't talk yet, but they taught mm. the baby how to communicate its needs. Um, and I said, you know, if you need any help during the flight, let me know. I used to be a nanny and they were really grateful. And they fell asleep and the baby was trying to climb out of the bassinet. So I scooped her up and took her down the back and was just holding her while they were sleeping with the other crew. I was moved down the back with the baby. And the mum came down the back and she said, oh, thank God you've got her. Like, that's fine. 
And um, I'd been like, you know, talking to the baby for about an hour and I gave the baby back and she signed something. And I said to the mum, oh, what did she sign? And she said, she said she loves you, (laughs) (laughs) which was really cool, you know, Uh, like a a one-year-old sign that they love me just from me hanging out with them in the back of the galley. So I really, we really needed you on our flight because um, we had a one-year-old and we put her in the bassinet Mm -hmm. and um, you you weren't allowed to, you had to put the cargo net thingy over it, right? Yes. And we both fell asleep and woke up in the middle of some kid screaming because <laughs> it was stuck in the cargo net. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <Trapped>. <laughs> so, yes, yes. You would have given you some sign language after that. <laughs> <laughs> some sort of sign language. <laughs> right. What, what, else, what other stories did you get? Um, I also had, I had a, a beautiful, a beautiful um, elderly gentleman come on and he was travelling alone and, you know, everyone was asleep because they're such long flights and he came down the back for a cup of tea and we started chatting and I said, oh, you know, what? what is taking you to LA? And he said that he was meant to travel the world with his wife but unfortunately she passed. Mm-hmm. And so he was still doing this journey in honour of her, which I thought was really lovely. Um, and we chatted for quite a while and and then during the breakfast service, I think his name was Fred, I said, oh, how's Brecky, Fred? And he said, Oh, Nikki, I don't mean to be forward, but it'd be much better if you were sitting down having brekkie with me. <laughs> <laughs> and that only happened once. <laughs> oh, <a couple> <laughs> and, you know, when he got off, he gave me a hug and I'd often have passengers hug me and say it was best flight. And I had I had one guy come on board, a really hot, like, American surfy guy, and he'd been <laughs> six months in Bali on a surfing trip. And he came on and I was sitting in the jump seat opposite him and we were you know, flirting and chatting and, and um, anyway, I went for crew rest. So we, there's, there's like a place where we sleep, mm. obviously halfway through the flight because we can't, we are not robots. We can't <laughs> be on <laughs> for that long without a rest. Um, and I came back from my crew rest and, and the manager said, guys, we have a situation. There's a gentleman who's mixed sleeping tablets with alcohol. Oh, now, a lot of people, a lot of people don't know this, and this is a PSA. <laughs> mm. They do not go, especially when you're in the air. Um, and and I said, let me guess, it's the gentleman in whichever <laughs> seat number it was. Yeah. And I said that would just be my luck, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and it and it was him, and um, and apparently he was acting really erratic and mm. punching the seat in front of him, and and then he fell asleep. Um, so he, he never saw me at all. Mm. And then during breakfast service, he woke up and I said, how was your flight? Mm. And he said, yeah, I've just been sleeping the whole time. And I, I had a little bit of fun. I said, but did you? <laughs> <laughs> he said, he said, yeah. And I said, no, I'm afraid you didn't. You were actually mm. a little bit Not out just, of control. Mm. And the poor, the poor guy, he was mortified. And he'd been writing me before the outburst. He'd been writing me a list of places to visit in LA because we stayed near where he lived. Um, and as he got off, he was very sheepish and he gave me a piece of paper and he goes, I don't suppose you want this anymore, Nikki. <laughs> it was like a, <laughs> and it was like a list of all these restaurants and like, here's my number, I'll take you out for dinner. And I was like, no, it's no, too much. Too much. <laughs> <laughs> right, he crashed and burned. Okay. He crashed and burned. But I also had I also another example is, you know, in aviation, the show must always go on. Mm. And I had a, I had a woman who had also taken sleeping tablets and her knees were out in the corridor and I was oh, pushing yeah. the cart up and I didn't want to hit her knees. So I gently pushed them into this, 
inside the um, seat area. And she woke up and she screamed and pointed at me and said, she touched me. And I was mortified and everyone looked at me and my colleague across on the other um, corridor, he looked at me and he said, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, I'm fine, I'm fine. Anyway, I pulled back behind the curtain. And even though they're long flights, you've got to be quick because, mm. you know, you've got to you've got to split shift essentially. You've got to do the job, then rest and swap over. Um, so I pulled the card up. I closed the curtains. I kid you not, I cried for about 30 seconds. I was mm. like, <gasps> I <laughs> cried for 30 seconds. And I was like, Nikki, the show must go on. And so I pulled the curtain back and I was smiling. You know, my makeup was flawless and I was smiling. <laughs> but I was saying, would you like the chicken or the beef? And there were still tears coming. <laughs> and the passengers are like, are you okay? I said, it's fine. Chicken or beef? <laughs> <laughs> chicken or beef. So, yeah, it's just, it's just a reminder, I guess, that, um, you know, you never know what cabin crew are going through. So be kind. <laughs> yeah. So, so look, let me ask you this question. Do you find it? easier as a, as a flight attendant to be um, serving passengers in business class or in uh, or in economy or does it make no difference um, I was I only worked in business class a few times um, but I like that there's a lot of space in business class obviously mm. Um, mm. and you get some interesting guests I can't say who but a couple of celebrities um, <laughs> but, <Branson>. but, <laughs> <laughs> But economy is also good because I don't know you can you can have like long conversations and really connect with people. Whereas I, I feel like people in business kind of like maybe don't really talk to me as you know they don't really want to engage as much. That's just I just want to go to sleep. I've got a yeah, just flight. yeah, and you know mm. they, they probably work very hard to to be in business, so they're probably tired. So <laughs> mm. yeah, interesting. Yeah, well, that that was interesting. No, um, you said you had a poem for us. Oh yes, let me read it to you. So, I've written a poem about Darwin and mm -hmm. living here. Um, let me bring it up. It's it's called Darwinning. All right, mm -hmm. Darwin, born and bred local, rare some may say, brought up in this humid city, a city that has its days. Back then, there was no fancy bars or funky festivals to attend. A fun night out with Sizzlers followed by Einstein's with your friends. The museum was a frequent excursion location. I love seeing all the art. The cyclone room was eerie and the biggest crop a sweetheart. There's urban myths about funny Fatty Bay turret. Don't go there after dark. Pudziana woman haunts it and lovers like to park. There's clapping on the beach at Mindel as the sun begins to set. Lux are wafting through the air, no better can you get. And what about the Darwin song, the frogs and all the rain? a calming white noise kind of hum trickling down the drains. Then there's the great icons of the top end, Trevor, Mary, Sate Man, Bobby, strangers that feel like friends. See, I left here right as soon as I could, but now that I'm back, I can see that it's good. It's that old cliche of small town girl leaving for the big smoke, but once I returned with new eyes, I felt like I'd awoke. Plovers are the enemies and mozzies rule Bayview. If you go to a party out bush, you'll likely find someone drinking from a shoe. Weekends spent at watering holes to ease the scorching heat. A Sunday session beer makes the weekend complete. I'm a local and I come with the territory and Paul's Ice Coffee does too. A city with open arms that welcomes all the ones trying to find themselves, the Mitchell Street revelers, the backpackers and you. People here don't live to work, they work to live. A refreshing change of pace. Sweaty air hugs are a thing. No one needs that sticky embrace. So if life gets too crazy, your commute is too long and your head feels like it's spinning, 
come up top to visit visit us, you'll feel like you're Darwinian. Hey, nice. I didn't realize <laughs> you were a poet. There you go. Full of surprises. <laughs> <laughs> I've written a couple of poems, so. <laughs> cool. Yeah. And, and do you, like, get out at Parap and stand on a box and sort of do this thing? No, <laughs> I, I, I read that poem once at Dom's Bar in Nightcliff. They have mm -hmm. a poetry slam night. Mm -hmm. um, but I'd like to get into it more. My Yeah, I'd like to start uh, – reading more of my poetry it's something i'm really passionate about so yeah cool. but I, ho I hope some of those lines resonated with you and living in the top end you sort of could relate yeah i totally did like there's a lot of lines there you know trevor Absolutely. and uh, mary yeah, good, good. <laughs> the bobby the sate man yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's really good well it's been great to have you on nikki and thank you for uh, coming on the podcast in fact we didn't actually get into how we met um uh, and that was at the at tracy melner's do uh, yes. recently uh, for Timor east Leste Timor. event yeah. yeah yeah so maybe it was east timor you flew to right <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm gonna have to Mid pull out the old documents. I'll I'll find the documents and figure out which airport I'm living to. Check yeah. your passport for the stamps. True, that's a good point. Well, There's so many in there now though, Peter. Uh, yeah, <laughs> true. Well it's gonna be great having you on, Nikki. And um if you do know any other local born and bred territorians, we'd love to hear from them because they make sure. a good mix to our to our podcast. I'll send them your way. It was, it was lovely to be a part of this tonight and nice to meet you too, Peter. Thank you. You too, Nikki. And if um, if you'd like us to put up the photo and the name of that mad lady that you worked for in Scotland, just send it my way. I'm <laughs> happy to name and shame. <laughs> Thanks, Nikki. Thanks for coming on. No worries. Thanks, guys. Take care. That was Nikki Foster on the Territory Story podcast. We'll catch you again next time. You've been listening to the Territory Story Podcast with Leon Logan Nathan and Peter Gowers. For more episodes, search Territory Story Podcast on all leading podcasting platforms or go to territorystory.com. The Territory Story Podcast, thanks to Opie Dennis Digital Marketing, your local digital marketing agency.